Welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We will be offering a craveable menu of headlines, food for thought, and much, much more. These are the bite-sized news stories you need to know, and they'll drop every morning, Monday through Friday. Hello, world, and welcome back to the Happy Mouth Podcast. Hello. Your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. Once again, I'm restaurateur Philip Camino, and once again, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Chef Naisha Arrington. That's me. That is you. I'm here with Philip Camino. Restaurateur Philip Camino, here with executive chef Naisha Arrington. <laughs> I guess those are our titles in the world. They are. But we also happen to be friends and humans uh, together doing this awesome podcast Heck for yeah. the peoples. Heck yeah, we are. What are we talking about today? We're actually talking about snacks. Yes! Yeah. Stoked. Snacks. Love a snack. What is your favorite executive chef snack, Naisha? <laughs> Come on, PC. An executive <laughs> chef snack? My brain goes in so many directions. Well, I'm like, do they expect me to be like some cheeky, like saltine cracker and like no. caviar? No, <laughs> no. Like if you had to, if you're just sitting around like watching a game or chilling with your friends, like what's your like go-to snack? Like what do you love to snack on? You know, oh my gosh, you know what I actually love to snack on? What? I'm a big popcorn girl. Oh yeah. I love popcorn. Okay. Yeah. I That is like, I have to be honest, that's like my favorite snack. Movie theater popcorn. I love I love popcorn. Like yes. I would consider myself an aficionado of popcorn because huh. no two popcorns were created the same. Like each um, style of popcorn is different. The like makeup of like the kernel to like the pop ratio. Like what are you putting on your popcorn? What type of salt? Fine salt is it Himalayan. So many options. Coconut oil. Yeah. I mean, yes. I had some kettle corn the other day and it's probably been a decade since I had kettle corn and it was wonderful. I was like, oh, this is enjoyable. A little sweet, a little crunch, a little bit of just the linger, all of it. Right? It's good. Would you say that's your favorite snack or do you have a um, restaurateur snack, <laughs> a restaurateur PC snack? Yeah. If I'm reaching for a snack, it's going to be like an organic trail mix, raisins, nuts, and then looping in a little bit of sweet into that like an m ms or peanut butter Ooh, you're like a sweet salty kind of yes. guy yeah yes. yeah 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 very i've been called worse but yes <laughs> i noticed trying to mention the kettle corn and you know exactly cool you know on the snack path uh we're gonna call out a company today on the podcast the happy mouth podcast which is our show it's so delicious the best bite-sized news coverage we're going to talk about a bite-sized company called Snack Pass today Yum. that recently raised $70 million in our hospitality space. Congrats. Wow. Yeah, it's a big raise from some of the best in the world, too. Yes. As PC mentioned, we're covering Snack Pass and how it's answered problems that delivery apps pose. To learn more about delivery apps, listen to our episode on April 21st. Yeah, it ladders up from that conversation. As we've you know said before on the pod, delivery sales have gone way up uh, during the pandemic. And so have delivery fees. Some markets are putting in caps. Uh, there's been a little bit of resistance to delivery fees going up. But certainly as more people were sitting at home during the pandemic, they migrated onto apps. And the premise of most of the larger companies in the marketplace is that they focus on the delivery side. So whether it's Uber Eats or Grubhub, 
they charge a setup fee for restaurants and then they receive 15 to 30% of every order, sometimes even higher with some of these companies, depending on how independent you actually are, or they try to get more. I've seen, you know, first offers out at like 32, 33%, which is challenging to take on as a restaurateur. But again, they focus on the marketing aspect and they focus on getting that food picked up at your restaurant and then delivered via one of their fleet vehicles to the customer. Which is nice. Snack Pass is generally charging about 7 to 10% yep. uh, of the order, which, um, as you said, is around a 30% uh, commission for the larger restaurants. Yep. So that could be good for walkable towns or even college towns. And in fact, the delivery app fees have grown so much in certain cities that some people have actually put a cap on the fees to protect restaurants, which I love. Yes. And so far, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Portland, many more have implemented these caps on delivery fees and um, some caps as low as 10%. Grubhub, Postmates, Uber Eats have made exceptional revenue, but still were not actually even profitable. DoorDash was the actually the only company that was profitable in uh, Q1. And the temporary caps will expire and cities will have to sort out uh, what to do next, ultimately. Restaurants rely on delivery services as consumer demand has actually changed. I mean, we saw this after the pandemic and um, how people order food and and this reliance on um, this kind of pick up your phone and the food just arrives at your home. It's just so convenient. But with people spending less time in their places and more time you know, out and about and walking into restaurants, Snack Pass has really uncovered something that I think is pretty interesting here. It's an alternative to high delivery fees. It's a social e-commerce platform for restaurants. And instead of focusing on what you had talked about before, which is the the whole ecosystem of marketing the restaurant on a platform, delivering that message to the customer, then executing the pickup, with drivers and their fleet and actually delivering the physical good to the customer at their home or residence or wherever they happen to be, Snack Pass is actually focusing on the pickup um, and the in-store pickup, uh, so to speak, rather than kind of implementing a fleet and going down that capital expenditure. So they're describing themselves as food meets friends. Interesting. Yeah. Love that. So while you can integrate delivery into Snack Pass, 90% of its business actually picks up the orders, as you mentioned. Yep. And with the setup of Snack Pass, it has allowed for very minimal uh, delivery people with uh, actually just basically equates to uh, low operating costs, which everyone's all about as an operator. The emphasis on pickup has drawn in a demographic of college kids and millennials who often don't have time. And, you know, they're on the go. They don't want to pay those high delivery fees. And one of the goals of Snack Pass is the removal of registers and lines altogether, which is super progressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, Snack Pass is, it's smart because it's thinking about the fact that they're entering a market that's really saturated on the actual delivery of the good to the customer and using vehicles and fleets and drivers which is very capital intensive. And it's a whole other aspect of managing your business, which they're trying to circumvent and really just focus on the line and the actual on-premise scenario. And I think, like you said, for college students um, and for places where people are out and about and they're just looking for something quick, whether it's a coffee or a smoothie or a bowl, 
it's not very labor intensive and they're not very far away from the store, but they're just trying to save, call it five, 10, 15 minutes. I mean, it's a pretty interesting angle to take. They're also really being friendly to restaurants, at least for the time being. Like we said, some delivery apps fees can go up to 30%, even higher. SnackPass is charging just 7% to start. So a very uh, different model, if you will. Sure. I mean, this, it seems for me, I mean, I, I have a pretty stacked, spicy schedule some days. And yes. I mean, if you're saving five or 10 minutes, it's like huge. You sure. know? So the idea of like driving from like one destination to the other and I'm like, okay, I need a little green tea and I don't have to like wait in line and like maybe interact with someone and I can just go in, save 10 minutes, even probably 15 minutes at least. Yes. And grab that you know, ice cream tea and get her on with my day, that's going to add a lot of value. So I really like what they're doing here. Um, Kevin Tan, CEO of SnackPass, says that in five years, their vision would be no more registers and that he doesn't think they actually even make sense. I think for certain concepts, he's right. I mean, you're seeing it work really well in places like Starbucks. I don't think this type of technology is going to work in a Starbucks environment or any environment really that has a built-out application. People are who are Starbucks people use the Starbucks application quite often. There's a rewards program built into it. It's very easy to use. You can order things for pickup or mobile. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to kind of use that application. A lot of people use it in this exact way where they're 15 minutes away. They know they want an Americano. They jump on the app. It's very easy to order. They select the location that's closest to them. They put the order in and they show up at the store and they just grab it and you don't have to wait in line. So it's not a new idea by any stretch, but definitely not. It goes back to the capital required to actually start this technology yourself as a store. I mean, most stores that are startups that only have one, two or three locations just can't afford to build an application, mm. right? It's the same premise that the delivery companies use when they launched. It's like, do you want to do delivery? Here's a very seamless way to do it. Sure. Plus we'll market you on our platform. And I think it's an easy entry point. Obviously, like I said, places like Starbucks and Chipotle aren't going to use them because they have sure. the apps already. But if you're a if you're a one unit location and you're trying to figure out a way to increase volume and you want to make it easier on your customers, makes this all is the, for you. Yeah, makes yeah, all the that sense, makes sense. Makes all the sense in the world. And I think disrupting the line uh, and, and disrupting pickup and disrupting that counter is the most easily disruptable place. I think the disruption with delivery and with drivers and Companies like Grubhub and Uber Eat using their fleets to sort of take over the market. And they're the only ones that can really do that because yeah. of the fleet. Very hard to enter that. They've already got that walled off. So I think it's a very, very smart and interesting way to enter the marketplace. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, it's the idea of gaining your time back. I mean, that's yep. totally invaluable. That's our non-renewable resource. So if you're offering to save someone some time that day, that's that's incredible. I mean, you see at Shake Shack, they just opened up a new... Uh, location on Wilshire in Santa Monica. And um, I'm, I've definitely, after the gym, gone and got like a protein uh, lettuce wrap Boom. burger just because I, I know it's quick. I can, you literally sure. pull up the app on my phone and within eight minutes from where I am, I can drive there, pick it up at a window or they will bring it to my car. And I'm all about that. It's super cool. Yeah, it's a, it's just about saving saving everybody time and energy. I think the other part part of it is if you look downstream at what that could mean, if this becomes a significant part of a restaurant or QSR type uh, concepts protocol, you're going to see uh, an increase in the help with labor because you're not necessarily going to need as many 
cashiers, for example, if this becomes 50% of your rev stream, your cashier can then kind of move away from that front of house position totally. and do other things in the restaurant and kind of totally. multitask. So I think it's about, you know, this is, we've talked about automation a lot and where, you know, are the robots coming? Are we going to lose people to robots? I don't think it's robots. It's not going to be robots greeting you. I think it's going to be this type of integration mm. where it's like slowly technology is going to creep in and slowly human beings who quite frankly aren't as efficient as this technology and can't create efficiencies within the line are going to start to not get shifted out. Their roles no, are just going to change, right? This is, we're not saying one is better than the other, I think, here. I think it's just, it's, an, it's a new lane. It's a completely new lane of hospitality, if you will. It's just interesting to embrace. And also, if it works for you, then it works for you. But, you know, to your point, I don't know that it's necessarily, yeah, the robots are coming and <laughs> humans are going to go away. It's just a different yeah. angle. Well, you're still going to have humans in there. And even that cashier, I mean, it's never going to be 100% of the revenue. Sure. You're still going to have to have someone at that front taking orders, managing the front of house, being present. Maybe they spend it, maybe 50% of their time is now free or utilized somewhere else. Maybe they spend a part of that free time, like just greeting people and creating a cool human experience or making sure that it's very presentable in the front of house or working on another part of the business, you know, making sure the outside tables are perfect. Like you can still create a role out of that circumstance and you can probably improve your business at the same time. Mm. But does this idea of targeting college students with these pickup orders work? You know, it's an interesting uh, model. Snack Pass started in 2017 and by 2019, they had garnered 21 million in funding. I believe this may have been their seri- first series in in, in uh, funding. Mm-hmm. I know that they raised seventy million in in the Series B, but it's only continued to actually grow since then. And some customers order Snack Pass every day. Snack Pass offers uh, online ordering, self service kiosks, digital menus, and um, marketing services. Like we said, those single owner operators. You know, this is definitely the platform for them. They have a pretty robust uh, customer referral program. There's some interesting people involved in this project, I believe, that you mentioned um, when we were doing the research. Oh, my gosh. Best of the best. I mean, in the Series B, which just happened, they landed $70 million, uh, which is a great number for a company this size. And investors like the Jonas Brothers, Andreessen Horowitz, and even the Postmates founder, Bastian Lehman. So this investment then takes the value of the company to over $400 million, uh, book value, which is substantial. And to answer your question, does it work with college students? I mean, this is the Facebook model. I mean, Facebook did this very well in the early 2000s. They launched in beta in college towns only. And that's how you seed things. And that's how you get people attached to them. But for a number of reasons, A, college students are early adopters. They're short on time. They want things that work quickly. It's the perfect sort of digital native type person to latch onto this technology. And also you've got kind of a breeding ground there and a really a really great way to beta test because sure. those people who are using it for the first time in colleges are going to give you feedback. And you're going to hear about it and it's kind of low impact. And then once you have colleges and once you have people, that base of customers, there's a long, long lifespan of that customer. You get someone yeah, exactly. using your product when they're 18 years yeah. old and you've got them for 20, 30 years potentially. Ideally. But you know, you get my mom to grab Snack Pass and she's not going to be around for as long as someone who's 18 years old. Just the way that the world works, right? It's a smart way to attack the marketplace, smart way to introduce technology across the board. Absolutely. <laughs> um, should we pay some bills here? Yeah, let's do it. Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. 
Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage, and tech will play a central role in solving this problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front of house operations. Learn about how Kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com slash kiosk. SnackPass plans on using the investments to expand their teams as well as move into new markets like Los Angeles, uh, New York City, Miami. And so far, SnackPass has over 500,000 users uh, in about 13 college towns. Yeah, I mean, 500,000 users and, and already being profitable in some markets. I mean, substantial. Yeah, they're doing it. I mean, it's it seems like it's really starting to work and they're attracting some of the best people in the world to invest. So nothing's a home run and nothing is, you know, a done deal. But when you get that, that team involved, the investment team and the level of insight that you can garner from investors like that, you're on the right track. Some interesting stats. The average user is ordering four and a half times a month. So not quite daily, sure. but that's still considerable. I mean, that's way more than I think the average user is using Postmates or using- You think uh, so? I think so. I do. I mean, you're also thinking that four and a half times a month. So once a week on- Well, but that's probably, that's average. And it's also probably at single locations. Like if you think about a college town, yeah, how many locations in that college town are going to have this technology? Not that sure. many. So it's really- Look, if you're ordering four and a half times a month from one place, like that's helpful for that restaurant from a yeah, sales absolutely. standpoint. CEO Kevin Tan also said that SnackPass has, get this, 80% penetration with students in their 13 markets. 80%. Oh, wow. So yeah, that is five to 10 times more engagement than delivery apps like Uber Eats. So it's like scaling quickly. They seem to like it. I think the ordering mechanism and just kind of going through my research seems more intuitive. It seems a little bit more modern mm. and there's less steps. Mm. So you can kind of get on there, get your order in and just literally walk in, grab it, not think about it. So right. they've that. solved that. You can you can order a pickup on uh, Postmates and Uber Eats. You can toggle to pick up and go do that. It's just not designed for that. That's yeah. not really their preference. Their preference is that you use a delivery, they get paid the higher fee, of use course. their fleet, et cetera, right. et cetera. Fascinating topic. I'm curious to see where these guys- um, I agree. It's really out. cool. Yeah. And uh, be excited to sort of beta test and when they get to L.A., see how that works for my sketch. Well, it's going to free your schedule up from what we're saying. <laughs> More happy mouth fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We start ordering things. Just Can we like set this oh, up wait. as a location? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> want bullet, bulletproof coffees. Uh, 100%. Trail mix. You want some popcorn? 100%. <laughs> Let's get this happy mouth popping. It's a rider. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for our bite-sized news segment today. You can find us at restaurants.yelp.com backslash happy mouth, as well as happymouthpodcast.com and happy mouth on Instagram. Thank you for dining with us today, and we hope to see you next time. Have a nice day. 